Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. Everybody, huddle up. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, this is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN. With former Badger and NFL punter Brad Nortman. And Nortman is a fake. Great call and great execution. Not a Hawkeye in sight. Here's Alex Strofe. Yeah, another week and another edition of the Great Dane Huddle on your Monday night. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, downtown Madison, just off the Capitol Square. My name is Alex Strofe. As always, alongside the former Badger, the former NFLer, played in a Super Bowl, played in an NFC Championship game, played in an AFC Championship game, no big deal whatsoever. <laughs> former draft pick of the Carolina Panthers, the brilliant mind of Brad Nortman with me. Bradley, I hope you had a wonderful weekend. We spent way too much time together on Thursday during the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, good to see you again, though. Good to see you. Such a kind introduction. You always give me the kindest introductions. That one particularly was nice and yeah, frosted up, which is which is very nice. You, but I, you need a big introduction. You've earned oh, it. Oh, thank you. One of these days I'll introduce you and I'll really butter <laughs> okay. you up. Yeah, there's not much. <laughs> Guy that drinks too much on the weekends. <laughs> Alex Strofe. Uh, we we started the weekend with a lot of fun, though, on Thursday night when we, we got did. after the draft. We did. We that- did our uh, four-hour coverage here on the Great Dane Huddle alongside Tarek Sala. Thursday night at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg, we saw the Packers land in Iowa Hawkeye. Lucas Van Ness, their first-round pick. I was a little frustrated that night, Bradley. I was, too. Because there was no offensive help drafted. But the tides turned the following night. All three picks on night two for the Packers. Uh, address tight end two of those picks address tight end one of them uh wide receiver uh out of michigan state so overall i'd call it a successful draft for the green bay packers but you don't really know yet you, you don't really know and we talked about this on thursday night that it, i don't care if you're the first pick overall or if you're mr irrelevant everybody's a prospect when they enter the NFL. You don't know how they're going to respond to the new NFL climate, to do it as right. a professional, how they respond with money. There's yep. all these different variables that you just don't know. You don't even know how their game is going to translate over. So that was that seemed like one theme that the Packers had with their draft, right, is you know, everyone's giving out draft grades. And, and I, I, would, I would say if I had to give a, a grade, it would be in the B, B territory. But it's almost like an incomplete grade because a lot of the guys they drafted – had a smaller than most sample size, and yep. they drafted on potential, not necessarily what they perform. The, the performance was in college, so it's it's classic um, Green Bay in a lot of different ways. Totally. But it's um, it, it's exciting to see what they felt like they needed in this new chapter, this new Jordan Love chapter. Um, you know, some things are the same, some things are different. The same being another first-round d- defensive pick. Yeah, that's, um, been, uh, that's been the status quo for sure. I think I saw it. They've only been four first-round draft picks on the offensive side of the football for the Packers since 2002. And you know two of those are Aaron, Love and Rodgers. Are Rodgers and Love. And, and 02 was... Um, that was Javon Walker, I think, in 02. That's correct. Who am I missing? Brian Bulaga, Iowa. 
Those are your four. You, nothing gets past you, Strofe. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Myself. That wasn't half bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you're right. Look, I mean, it's, it's the status quo. They go defense early, but they follow that up. Tight end, wide receiver, tight end, as mentioned. Their second-round pick tight end was Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. They follow that up in the second round with a Michigan State wide receiver, Jaden Reed, who, if you are a Badgers fan, you saw a lot of Jaden Reed in their mm. game against Michigan State this past year. Uh, at Michigan State, he, he was the wide receiver that threw for a touchdown in that game. That was Jaden Reed. He's yeah. now a Green Bay Packer. And they follow that up in the third round with the tight end out of South Dakota State, Tucker Kraft, uh, who's a big body. Uh, did you see any of the videos or pictures of his draft party, Brad? I, I saw a glimpse, and it looks straight out of the country. Oh, it sure was. I mean, he's a South Dakota guy. He was, like, in a garage. So I told this story earlier today on Rutledge and Hamilton, but I'll tell it again here. So a couple months back, I went to a baby shower for, like, distant relative through marriage, and it was in a garage like that, like like Tucker Craft's draft party was, right? They've got, like, the cocktail weenies in the, in the crock pot and the foldable chairs and tables in the middle of an oil-filled garage. Like, that is exactly what Tucker Craft was rocking with, uh, plus the red Solo cups filled with, you know, what, whatever cheap beer they, they serve out in South Dakota. So uh, it, it looked on brand for South Dakota. I'll give you that. Give me – that is a football guy right there. Give me that guy on my <laughs> roster every time. He, you, you know he's going to get his hands dirty <laughs> and not, uh, not be afraid to, to receive a hit and give a hit. So I actually liked the two different tight ends. I, at first it made me scratch my head when we um, – Well, when the we room fa- is empty. I mean, they, they need it. That's right. And if you got two, two guys that are talented, and both of them seem to be quite talented, they were both rated really high, right. you could do some really interesting matchup and formation schemes. And this is where you know, we have the opportunity to see what Matt LaFleur can do in a system that he can really put his fingerprints on that might not have to do with any sort of pushback from Rodgers. So if he wants to get creative and put these guys in interesting formations, let's see what we can do. No, you're right about that, and that's something we've talked a lot about with Matt LaFleur since he's been hired, right, is the interesting schematic you know, approach he can take on the offensive side of the football. Now, he hasn't had to really challenge himself yet because he's had the ultimate benefit of the doubt. He's had Aaron Rodgers under center for his entire tenure as the head coach of the Packers. Now is when things get a little interesting, right? Jordan Love, a first-year starter. Your offensive line still has some question marks. You have two rookie tight ends out of your four tight ends in the room. The other is Tyler Davis, who hasn't really played a ton of meaningful snaps for the Packers, now entering uh, his third year with the team. And Josiah DeGuara, who was a draft pick a couple years back, was injured towards ACL early in his career, and again also hasn't played a ton of meaningful snaps at tight end. He's played some snaps at H-back and, and fullback, but not a ton of tight end. So the tight end room is a total question mark. The wide receiver room is led by Christian Watson, who had a really good rookie year last year. But outside of that, you don't know what the hell you're going to get out of that room. So bringing in a guy like Jaden Reed, who can play the slot, can do some gadgety type things for you offensively, it, it introduces a, a fun dynamic. But there are a ton of question marks for this offense going into 2023. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or bad thing. Well, and that's why I figured that the draft, not only the, the draft grade, but also the offensive prediction of, yeah. of what we think this looks like, it's, it's incomplete because you look around and it's littered with talent for sure. Every person that has, is taking the starting spot outside of the running backs who we know their body of work, but the love and receivers and you got tight ends, it is littered with talent. 
We just don't know what that talent and that potential looks like on the field. And that's what's so interesting to me about Matt LaFleur. He comes from the coaching tree of McVeigh and Shanahan, and those guys are known for their interesting and unique formations of pushing the envelope. Of It doesn't matter who's in for quarterback for me. It doesn't yeah. matter what our skill play players are. I'm going to out-scheme you, and I'm going to figure out how to put my guys in their best situation sure. um, to be able to do well. And he, you're right, he just hasn't had to have do that yet because you've got a, a Hall of Fame level quarterback on your roster slinging the rock. So it'll be interesting to see what he does to put guys over the field and to have true control over the offense. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it too. And, you know, it, 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 it definitely provides a different angle than we as Packer fans are used to, right? The last 30 years. So the entirety of both of our lives, Brad, we have been used to Hall of Fame quarterback play since 92 at least. And you have the expectation, you have the ability to win the Super Bowl every year. Mm -hmm. And this year, you have no idea what to expect, right? What is Jordan Love? Nobody knows the answer to that question. Thus why we sit here about 21 hours away, less than that away, from the deadline for the Packers to pick up the fifth-year option on Jordan Love. And we still have no word if they're going to do it or not. See, that to me was so strange. You know, Goody, I'm sure you saw, he said, he said today that they're evaluating and, you know, they're looking into it. Obviously, he's projected to be a starter. But it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played at all. That line struck me as strange. It, if you're going to be, and maybe they truly are considering whether they should do it or not. Yeah. Something tells me they're not actually unsure at this point if they're going to do it or not. This has been long thought out. Sure. But those those words are interesting. You'd think he would be breathing confidence into his young quarterback, but something like that is it's just a strange it's it's a strange line to me and it also goes back to the timeline of this didn't work out perfectly for the for the for the Packers, no, right? I mean, no. just there's just a lot that was botched and they're just trying to do the best they can with how the situation turned out, but I mean, the fact that you're already trying to decide on the fifth-year option now, before he has played much at all, to at least give you a body of work. Yeah, and I'm curious from your career, right? Like, you dealt with some young studs at quarterbacks in, in Cam Newton and Blake Bortles, but I don't know off the top of my head how the timeline works out. Bortles, was he a first-round pick? Well, he was. He was, like, so, third, third, fourth so overall. So did, did you... Did you ever see the, their fifth year or the fourth going into their fifth year where this option was ever on the table? I imagine Newton might have just had a new deal by that point because he was already such an established star in the league. But I don't remember Bortles. Do, do you remember th those timelines when you were when you were their teammates? Yeah, so Blake was drafted, I believe, something like 2016. So when I showed up on the scene, he was going into his second year. Okay. And maybe maybe third year. Maybe he just had his third year. Um and we struggled, and then we had that really good year, right, right. where we uh, hey, were in the AFC game. Championship game. And they gave him offseason. In that offseason, they gave him an extension. Okay. Now, it would be pennies compared to what we see now. Absolutely. I think it was you know three years, $60 million, something like Which that. Which is still a very good deal, by yeah, all means. Yeah, excellent. $20 million for, excellent dollars for my guy yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, it timing worked out well for each of those situations because it was a first-round draft pick. Yeah. We're going to throw you in the fire right away. Chad Henney might have started like half of Blake's uh, rookie year, and then they put Blake in when they kind of saw the season was lost. So they had a, a plenty of a sample size to be able to evaluate. Now, Cam, right off the bat, it was clear he's our franchise guy. That was an easy extension. Honestly, how soon can we extend him kind of thing? But with Blake, 
you saw some some flashes of some brilliance. You saw a lot of non-brilliance, and you're just trying to weigh that if he's the guy or not. And then he had one year where he did everything he was asked to do, and he actually had a pretty darn good year that year when we went to the AFC Championship game, and they just teed up for an extension. So, but each time, I don't think either team had a lack of clarity about who this is. Sure. Like they with Blake. You know his limitations. You know what he can do. Therefore, we are confident in this kind of financial value on him. Same thing with Cam. With Love, you just literally do not know where he is. He, yeah. could, he could be the kind of guy that is like a Jalen Hurts or a um, Lamar Jackson and get a, a deal like that and be a franchise guy. He could also be far from that. So it's right. just a really strange situation where you're trying to project on like whispers and rumor and practice and a couple of game clips. It's not easy for them. And I, I don't envy that situation. No, I don't either. And, th- and I think that's what's made it so unique, right, is is we literally don't know. And I think a lot of Packers fans, including myself last year, where the Packers were at 4-8 and eight or 4-9, and nine, whatever they were at, 4-8, and eight, I think they were at one point. We were just thinking, eh, well, it's over. They're not making the playoffs. You might as well bench Rodgers. Let's see love for five games, see what he has. And that gives us much more clarity on what to do going forward. But Aaron Rodgers, per usual, throws a wrench into the plan, rattles off four wins in a row, brings it down to the final game of the season. Packers win and they're in and they lose. So you get absolutely no exposure to Jordan Love as a fan base. Uh, you don't make the playoffs, so you get the worst possible draft position you can have, uh, which ultimately ended up changing with the Rodgers deal. But the, at the time, the worst draft position you could have without making the playoffs. So it was just a lose, 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 lose across the board. And now you know nothing on Love, but as Brian Gutekun said this weekend, Brad, to your point, you're, you're moving forward with him no matter what. So picking it up, not picking it up, it doesn't really matter. He's your quarterback in 23, if not further. Is Okay. And he, that's exactly right. He is your quarterback this year. How, how much do you need to see of him before you have the confidence? Now, obviously, they need to decide with less than 24 hours if you're going to pick up the fifth-year option. Right. I don't think there's any chance they don't pick it up. I, I, I thought you were right until today. Really? I'm starting to think this is taking too long. Which so makes play, me scratch so, my head. So play that out. So let's, yeah. say, let's say they do not exercise the fifth-year option. Correct. So... He's on this one-year deal, yep. which is great on a cap structure. They give him what until Thanksgiving, pretty to much. basically yep. show if he's the guy. Yeah, and, and if even, not, and they're all, they're not, already on the next year and a different I, guy. I, no, I think they're signing him to an extension, even if they don't pick him up. It's just a matter of what the cost is. So if they give him till let's say you know, let's use your Thanksgiving deadline, if he's two and whatever your record would be, two and seven at that point, they'll probably extend him, just a lot cheaper than they would have if he's seven and two. Right? So th- that's the way I view it. But I-, I might be completely wrong, and they might pick up his fifth-year option in two minutes, and all of this could be null and void. Right. So I don't know. I- I- but uh, the fact that we have less than 24 hours, 3 p.m. tomorrow, by the way, the deadline to pick up that fifth-year option on Jordan Love, the fact that we've made it this far without them doing that is just strange to me. It is strange. It is very strange. And I know it's expensive, right? It's somewhere in the $20 million ballpark. That ain't cheap for a quarterback. No. Especially one that you don't know anything about, at least on the field. So I don't know, man. It's, we're over the Rodgers drama, and we'll talk Rodgers in a little bit, who was showing his face all over the Big Apple over the weekend. But I am, I am very confused and just a little bit taken aback on what the heck it's taken so long. I figured, all right, get done with the draft Saturday night, Sunday, or into Sunday. Pick up that fifth-year option. Call it good. He's your starter for the next two years. We're committed to him. We've moved on from Rodgers. Here we are. But that's not how this has played out. 
It's just strange. Well, this whole thing is uncharted waters, right? Because I sure. can't think of another arrangement where it's a first-round draft pick where you haven't seen enough whether to do the fifth-year fifth option or not. Usually you've had plenty to know yes for sure yeah. or no, you know, we're going to pass because he's not nearly what we thought he was going to be. So it's, it's interesting to figure that out. If, if this is a bigger conversation, but let's say he has a year – Similar to that of Rodgers last year, okay. is that is that good enough to, for you to be like, okay, he's our guy? So last have a good as yeah. Good so I was just looking at what, oh, I think it was like twenty six and twelve. Yeah, twenty six touchdowns, ninety one passer rating, which is not that high in today's NFL. No, it is not. Uh, yeah, I'd call that a success for year one. Year one, absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's doable. I would agree. I think that stat line's agree. doable. And you know, if he does that and they go. That and 500, I think I think you call it a good year. Oh, if he goes 500, it's a great year because he's not even – I mean, number one, obviously you're going from a generational talent to a guy you don't really know anything about. But also, the tools around him are worse than Rodgers had a year ago, and they were still bad a year ago, right? Sure. I mean, I like Christian Watson. I say this every radio show I do, I feel like. I like Christian Watson. He's not a number one receiver in the NFL. Uh, he will be uh, by default. But I don't view him as that yet. And I think he can be at some point. Um, and he'll get the opportunity to be a number one for Green Bay this upcoming season. But he's not there in his career yet. And so they're, they're, they're putting Jordan Love in an inopportune position. Right? Like, Brian Gutekunst, and this is the, the dilemma I have with him between whether or not he's a good general manager. I haven't made my mind up on that. Is because he has not put Jordan Love. His legacy pick, right? He traded up for Jordan Love in the first round of the 2020 draft. This is Goody's legacy pick. He has not put him in a position whatsoever to succeed in 2023. Now, the backfield's good. Offensive line is good enough. But wide receiver, tight end room, as much as they did in the draft and as much as I like what they did in the draft, is just not set up for success. It's not. And and when you think about when Rodgers took over for Favre, yeah. you had a lot of the similar faces there. You had... Um, you had Donald Driver. You had, I believe, Jermichael Finley might have been the, the tight end. You had guys that participated in the Favre era, the end of the Favre era, and the early part of the Rodgers era. So you had some vets in the room that could sort of help guide and usher, usher totally. Aaron in. And not that Aaron needed it necessarily, but at least you had some guys in the room with NFL experience. These are, these are basically your you know college extended guys from wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback yeah which is scary to think about love is 24 years old and he's one of the older guys not aaron jones or aj dillon in the offensive room Mm -hmm. which is wild right i mean this guy is getting the opportunity uh you know to really be the leader in the room which is cool right and he gets the rogers monkey off his back he's not in his shadow anymore he is the guy but it's it's just you've got to manufacture confidence in this dude right Mm -hmm. like he needs to go out week one whoever they play will find out their schedule next week He'll go. He needs to go out week one and think he's. I'm the. I'm the freaking man. Yeah. Right. And I'm. I'm taking over a, a legacy franchise. I'm the man. I'm the next Hall of Famer in a long line of them. You do need that. Because if you don't have that, you are already playing from behind. Yeah. Because all these other dudes got it, and they're really good. Uh, absolutely. It's the NFL, right? Yep. I mean, these are where the best players play. As, as fun as it was watching our guy Chris Guap, Chris Orr yesterday <laughs> in the USFL. Ten tackles for our guy Guap Man, yesterday. what an animal. Uh, runner-up for Defensive Player of the Week Woo. in the USFL, Chris Orr. So shout-out to him. All right, we'll talk uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And the show was actually based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But we're going to talk about New York City next as Aaron Rodgers taking on the town. That's coming up next. He's Brad. Norman and Alex Stroff. It is the Great Dane Huddle, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, downtown Madison. Reaction to the football weekend continues. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand.
is the Great Dane Huddle rolling on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company downtown Madison. The beers are flowing, so you better get over here. A little post-work libation. I recently learned that word. That's a great word. Thank you. Libation. I think it's a good one. I'm Alex Rope alongside. What, what does it mean? It's like beverage. Okay. Yeah. What a way to say it. You're giving what uh, one of our one of our teammates here is giving me. What libation means beverage? No. <laughs> What's that? Imbibement? I have no idea what you just said. Anyway, so uh, I learned the word libation. I think I used it correctly. We're going to pretend I did, and we're going to move on. He's Brad Nortman, the former Badger and NFL punter. I'm Alex Strope uh, with you from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company downtown. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Rogers' new neighborhood. Aaron Rodgers. He's a complicated fella. He is indeed a complicated fella. He's got a fresh cut. He's participating in the off-season program in New York. He went to a Knicks and a Rangers game over the weekend. The guy is living in the Big Apple. He's, he is living it up in the city. Uh, and he's doing everything that Green Bay slash Wisconsin wanted him to do the last two years. Off-season program. Participate with your teammates off the field. He's doing that no problem in New York. It's a little bit interesting to me um, as it seems like we're, if we're talking character development here, right? Let's remember, I went to school for media studies, so I studied film a lot. If we're talking character development, it seems like we are in the Aaron Rodgers redemption arc. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. I, I mean, I think we had, ever since Jordan Love was drafted, we had rebellious Rodgers. For right? sure. That's, we, had, <clears throat> we had teenager Rodgers. We had long hair. We had goofy T-shirts. We had, I'm not going to listen to you, and I'm going to make sure that I am heard, and I'm going to air my grievances. That is the Rodgers that we had the last three years, and you just can't win with that formula. We had talented enough teams as the Green Bay Packers to win a Super Bowl, and it's just that toxicity, it's that lack of leadership that prevented it. And now... Like, like many other things in life, a change of scenery, a change of faces, maybe being praised and appreciated, boom, all of a sudden we got an energized Rodgers, right? A redemptive, I think that's a good word that you use to, to describe him. So it's interesting to see. I'm not necessarily surprised. I think he's a pretty, I mean, not think, no, we yeah, know yeah. he's a pretty spiteful guy who's got a long memory. You calling him petty? I, I am calling him <laughs> petty, of course. I'm, I'm getting in line for the people that call him petty. And... Um, I'm not surprised, but this is the type of Aaron Rodgers that's very talented. Yeah. I mean, not just individually talented like he was with the chip on his shoulder those two MVP seasons, but this is the kind of guy that can be the team guy that the Packers needed all along. So I think it's a little bit disappointing, um, you know, being a being a Packer fan, that he didn't bring the same level of ener- energized and, you know, sense of urgency and joy to the locker room, but... I, I can't blame him. He's human, and the relationship soured, and a change of scenery, and it clearly has a big impact on on old Mister Rogers. It ser- it seriously does, man. And, and it's I'm so torn on it because I love Rogers, and I, I love watching him play football because he's so damn good at it. But obviously, as, as I mentioned before, right? Like we, that, this is what we wished. Uh, there's a party happening here at the Great <laughs> a lot of excitement. Company. Chanting happened as people walk into the pool hall. But nonetheless, um, you know, it, it, these are things we would have liked to see as Packers fans the last couple of years, right? Working with the young receivers and, and his new teammates in New York. Uh, the Jets posted a video all over social media. They plastered it like Luke Fickle's been doing with billboards across the country. They plastered this video of Rodgers throwing a pass to Garrett Wilson, the reigning offensive rookie of the year. And it's just like, ah. Oh. 
Where was this a year ago? Rodgers rocking his number eight jersey and, uh, and throwing a pass to a second-year receiver who was a rookie a year ago, just like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Samori Toure were. So it is interesting. Real quick, on the text line, 844-770-3776 is the ESPN Madison talking text line. J.J. and Poinette, our, our local dictionarian, don't know if that's a word, chimes in and says, libation is a beverage, typically alcoholic. Ah, so you nailed it. I nailed it. You did nail it. I'm a genius. Um, yes, but anyway, So, Rodgers, I don't know, man. I, I mean, look, it's, it's borderline, this might be harsh, but it's borderline unprofessional to, to be willing to do things for one organization and not for another, to starve the growth of your teammates when you know they need it, because in the past he would say, I'm not going to the offseason because I don't need it. Yeah. Well, that might be true. He, he still doesn't need it now. So why exactly are you going to go there for, uh, for the New York Jets and not the Green Bay Packers? So you know that that's not necessarily a truthful answer. He understands the fact that it's required for a team. It's the ultimate team game. So he gets it. He just made the decision, I'm not going to do that out of spite or whatever. And now he is doing it. It's just... It just shows, you know, Greg Olson would say all the time, be the same guy, be the same guy. He's not the same guy. He's not consistently the same guy. In, in ways you don't want him to be the same, he's the same. In ways you want him to be the same, he's not. So well it's, it's frustrating um, as someone who likes to see the Packers do well that he's not willing to do that same. And I would say it's borderline unprofessional. Oh, borderline. Brad Norman. Borderline. Bringing the heat. Borderline unprofessional. Yeah. My so mom would go so far it, saying borderline. It, it's but it is. But it is. No, I mean, it is. I mean, imagine if, imagine if I was on this show, yep. but then I went on to another show on ESPN Madison and just totally mailed it in. It, it would just be unprofessional. You want to you bring the same. And I'm kind of imagining that NFL is all under one umbrella here. But it, just, it would be unprofessional to do that, and it, just, it wouldn't be right. And you're doing a disservice to my other coworkers. That's exactly what Rogers did. Yeah, that's, that's really well said by Brad Norman. Which he is. I'm Alex Strofe. We're with you here on the Great Dane Huddle Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, downtown Madison. Four locations of the Great Dane in the Madison area. Of course, this one right downtown. The one in Fitchburg we were at on Thursday for our NFL draft special. The one in the Hilldale area of Madison as well as one on the east side. They've got the great menu. They've got the great beers. They've got the ciders. They've got everything you could possibly want at all four locations. And they're all a darn great time. GreatDanePub.com is the website for the Wing Wednesday specials, for the Mug Club specials. You can find more info on that as well as the great dane pub nearest you again the website greatdanepub.com or stop in at any of the four locations in the area i promise you won't regret it all right so alex gravat is usually the producer of this program brad uh he made his professional ultimate fris ultimate frisbee league debut for the madison radicals this past weekend out in pittsburgh pennsylvania oh my and he called it sick today mm. so hunter vaughn is our producer back in the espn madison studio Hunter Vaughn. Hunter Vaughn. What and up? We usually, we, usually do, we usually do a segment next segment called Gmail. We, we realized, the geniuses that be at ESPN Madison, we realized that you could just switch out with the last initial, G-mail, to V-mail. Now, it won't be voicemails, but we're going to play V-mail next. It's the Great Dane Huddle, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brew Company downtown. <laughs> The Great Dane Huddle continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Yeah. Ooh la la, the boy singing my line. 
Great Dane Huddle rolling on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company downtown Madison. I'm Alex Strofe alongside former NFL punter, the brilliant mind of Brad Nortman. It's so funny. Just the just your intros for me. I just I feel so ready to be on air when you introduce me. Chop it up, bro. That I still don't quite follow. You're, right. you're, you're trying to so, say obviously catch up. Yeah, yeah, chop it up. So we're in the we're in the break. Our food gets delivered here at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company just moments before we come back on the air. And Brad runs away like little little jog. It was it was kind of adorable, Brad. I had, kinda, a, I, had a, I had a hop in my you step. You did have a little pep in your step there. And you grabbed the bottle of ketchup and then you just squirted it on your plate because you have the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. So I just said to you, chop it up, bro. And you didn't understand what I was saying. Like I, I, I just stared French. at you. I just stared at you. I was like, do you want this? I don't understand. By the way, this this is going to clear my senses a little bit. It is. Yeah, no wow. doubt about it. The, the natural hot chicken sandwich is delicious. I'm going to try the Reuben. I'm a big Reuben guy. I got mashed potatoes with my Reuben. Um, I'm sure they're good, but I don't know if this is a good combo or not. We're going to find out, though. Anyway, be adventurous. Yeah, Change it of up. Course. Of course. Be, be, uh, be curious, not judgmental, as the great Ted Lasso says. All right, let's get into it. It is time now for everybody's favorite segment on ESPN Madison. First time Hunter Vaughn gets to do it. It's time to play not Gmail, but V-Mail. You've got mail. All right, Hunter, just take it away, man. I I know you have no idea what you're doing, which makes this even more fun for me. Well, I got the gist of it. You know, I also get a lot of strange emails throughout the week. So... I got this first one from Eric in Poughkeepsie, New York. (laughs) And be careful with this one, guys, because this one might ruin a marriage. Eric is having a fight with his wife. Okay. How do you put your shoes on in the morning? Do you go sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe. Well, that is psychopathic behavior, oh. the first option. What are we talking about? Sock, shoe, sock, shoe. Wait. Who, who you put on? That? You put on your sock, then your shoe. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, it's that's psychopathic same. behavior for you. Oh, totally agree. It almost made me ill thinking about that. <laughs> Just literally envisioning that. And like me, if someone forced me to do that, I would feel so uncomfortable. That is wrong in every way. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like, okay, so I'll be honest with you. I uh, I take a long time to get ready in the morning. I, you do? You don't so strike me it, as that it, guy. It's something I'm not proud of. I take much longer than my better half. Come on. Like, significantly longer than her, yeah. Um, What's so, the preparation? Uh, I do the three S's. Uh, we're going to say poop for that S. Okay. Uh, shave and shower. Okay. Um, the, the first S, which I refer to as a P, that takes a good 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And then I'm going to shave. Well, I haven't shaved in a while, if you can't tell. I've got a good little beard going here. Um, but then I jump in the shower. I, I do my best thinking in the shower. Mm. So I like to take my time. Okay. Now, I don't know that this will always be the case, but currently I have I have the means that allow for me to kind of start my day later than the average folk. I went into work at 11 a.m. this morning. That's nice. So I didn't jump in the shower till like 9.30, and I was probably out of the bathroom by 10 o'clock. So you have a process, you're telling me. Right, but process. my process on that is then I put... So I'm, I'm wearing no clothes at this point, obviously. No, I shower in my swimsuit. <laughs> then I take the swimsuit yeah. off. Um, Strokes are never nude. Right. I'm, I am a never nude. Um, so then I put on boxers, socks, pants, and then I figure out what I'm wearing on top. Okay. Um, and then the shoes come when I leave. Like yeah. Ten minutes later. It's disturbing. It's a disturbing arrangement to think about 
having your socks and shoes right there. And yeah. Then, even if you did, even if you did, you put your socks on first, both feet, then shoes. You keep Hunter, those separate. Hunter, what do you do? I'm a sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Right, thank yeah. God. Okay. I thought we were going to have to verbally abuse you. Let's go. Let's move on to the next one. You've got mail. Up next, Pete in Nome, Alaska. He wanted to know, what's the best Pop-Tart flavor? Brown sugar cinnamon, or however you say it. Brown cinnamon sugar. What is it called? Brown sugar cinnamon? Yeah. Brown sugar? Whatever. You know what I mean. The brown one. Okay, that's a really great answer. That's came in my mind first as well. I think the s'mores is really good, though. S'mores is a great ball. S'mores is really good. Yeah. Oh, you got to go a fruit one. You got to go the wild no, berry. No, no, no. If anything, I would do raspberry if I was doing I love fruit. a good raspberry. Raspberry ice cream. Don't even get me started, dude. Really? Are you a fruit ice cream guy over chocolate yeah. or vanilla? Yeah. Okay. I'm not a big chocolate guy. I know, oh. I know that's an astounding take. That is. Uh, but I am not a huge chocolate guy. Wow. Like, I don't dislike it by any means, but uh, my... My, my my better half's mother, not my mother-in-law because we're not married, got me a chocolate bunny for Easter. I've only eaten, like, the ears. Oh, Strofe. And Easter was, what, three weeks ago? Strofe, what you need to do is bring it to this guy because yeah. this guy you're looking at right big now chocolate. is one of the big chocolate guys. Biggest chocolate guys you'll know. Okay, interesting. Good to know. Uh, all right. Uh, th- what, what's your take on this, Hunter? Well, I well, you just wild berry. strawberry. Yeah, wild, wild berry. berry. What color is that? Purple? Well, it's like a purple frosting, and then it's got like the blue waves on mm. it. How it's can you so eat something good. that color first thing in the morning? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like, eat those first thing in the morning. I do scrambled eggs every morning, oh, every really? single morning, with pepper jack cheese. Yep. Oh, that's so, that's so you're willing to put a little time into it, a little time into that preparation. What yeah. time do you wake up? Um, if I'm exercising, which I've been trying to do, so I'm going to start with nice. that time. I'm up at five, try to wow. be on the treadmill by 515, do that for a half hour. Nice. And then I'll make my eggs, and then I try to be out the door somewhere in the seven o'clock, 730 window. Wow. That's okay. a good routine. You are an impressive fella, Hunter. Yes. That's, that's, yes. a, that's much better than my routine. I sleep <laughs> yeah. until as late as I possibly can. I do the three S's, and then I walk out the door. <laughs> See, my first S can sometimes take a little while. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think we got time for one more. You've got mail. Sam in San Diego (laughs) asked me, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or 100 (laughs) duck-sized horses? (laughs) Bradley, you go first, man. Wait, okay. One horse-sized duck... Okay, yep, so, so you're talking duck. about a seven-foot-tall duck. Oh okay, and, or a hundred what? Duck-sized duck sized horses. Oh, man. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with the one horse-sized duck. At least I could focus my attention on that. I feel like if you had a hundred of them, you could, that is just a strength in number situation, and they would just rock you. Especially if they had the same horsepower. As they usually do. Yeah, but they're Even this if, big, Brad. Yeah, but they could just think of a hundred of them. A hundred of them. You need to stomp on them. I don't know. That would be that'd be a lot of action. You, you need like some steel-toed boots, but like you, you could get some work done with your feet. But like it, if with the duck, all you got to go is for the the neck. I'm just gonna hop on the neck and just put it in a chokehold, like that Chuck Liddell. Beak, if it is nice, nice <laughs> man <laughs> reference. Um, uh, one but, one evasion, then onto the neck. But look, clip the wings. You don't understand that a. Horse-sized duck. I got to say this correctly. A horse-sized duck, its beak would be the size of your entire body. It would be. A, it'd be a big. It'd be One a big, little big, peg, and you're done, so, man. Formidable. That's all sure. But think about a hundred 
little horses. Steel toe boots. Game over. <laughs> Poor horses, though. Yeah, I don't know. I think they would. A hundred of them sounds like they could. You're really painting us into a bad corner here, Hunter. Yeah. You're like making Good. us talk about animals. Yeah. <laughs> Good. This is this is great because now this will forever be on Wisconsin on demand or wherever you get your podcasts. And you guys are terrible people. Yeah, My plan is working perfectly. Yeah. We, we sure are. He's Brad Nortman. I'm Alex Drove. Hunter Vaughn with us back in the ESPN Madison studio, holding it down. That is Vmail, the Hunter Vaughn edition of Gmail with our buddy Alex G. Out sick. Today, got to tell you about my friend over at Condon Jewelers, the jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side. Diamond Jim is the owner of the store, and he is always in the store, seven days a week, ready to help you, whether you're looking to take the next step in your relationship, whether you're looking to treat yourself, looking for a new watch, or maybe Mother's Day is around the corner, maybe you need a little gift. The place to go is Condon Jewelers, the jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side, right next to Office Depot near the East Town Mall across the street from the East Town Mall there just off East Wash. Or you can go online, CondonJeweler.com. That's CondonJeweler, singular.com. For Condon Jewelers, the jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side. We'll wrap up the Great Dane Huddle right after this big weekend in Madison. And I'm not talking about Forward FC, the game I attended. No, 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 no. talking about the Mifflin Street block party, baby. Brad Norton was there 10 years ago. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, a little more. Is it more than that? Uh, I think we're looking at like 11 or 12. You're getting old. Oh, I know it. We will reflect on the Mifflin Street Block Party <laughs> after this. It's the Great Day Auto live from the Great Day Pub and Brewing Company downtown. Reaction to the football weekend continues next. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Another edition of the Great Dane Huddle, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company downtown Madison. I'm Alex Strove, alongside the brilliant mind of former NFL and Badger punter, the great, legendary, the the best NFL player, bar none, to wear number eight as a jersey. Wow. That's a shot at Aaron Rodgers. For that me. is. Brad Norman. And I will accept that. As he should. As he should. Uh, now you just need to give me a free jersey. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I, I do not even want to address the idiocy and the nonsensical nature of what happened to a Wisconsin football player at Mifflin this past week, and I'm not even going to mention his name. It's, it's idiotic. Uh, I'm sure it'll be excused for the team. I mean, everything is alleged right now, but the stuff that is coming out from that story is, is asinine. For, for, for something that should be such a fun, celebrated weekend, right? It's like the a- end of the academic year for all the students at UW uh, taking part in the Mifflin Block Party, which is a longstanding tradition here in Madison. It's supposed to be fun. And uh, that took away from the fun that this weekend, I'm sure still was for so many. But uh, So we're not even going to talk about that. I more so want to talk about the fun of, of the Mifflin Street Block Party, Brad Norman. I was not a student at UW, um, so I never attended a Mifflin Street Block Party as a student. Um, I contemplated taking a trip down there this weekend. I didn't. I think I'm too old for that. Yeah. Um, I'm, past that I'm past that point in my life. But uh, I, I, I did contemplate. So Brad Nortman, we've, de- we've determined you're old. It was over a decade ago. I think we've passed the statute of limitations on anything <laughs> you could have done that uh, you could be in trouble for. So 
I'll give you the floor. Take this whichever direction you'd like to. Well, I, I certainly enjoyed my Mifflin block parties, that's for sure. Um, no, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. You know, that's not, never fell off a balcony or anything? Nope, nope. Okay. Never fell off a balcony. No injuries. No uh, police run-ins. You know, um, I, all I remember about Mifflin was being, okay, spring ball's over. Finals are either done or in the horizon of being done. You're about to go into summer. It's the first consistent nice days. All of my Mifflins were super nice. Nice. Like 60s, 70s. Oh, wow. Everyone's just like loving life. And I will say, and I appreciate this even more as I get older, there is nothing quite like having an adult beverage in the daytime. When no the doubt about out, it. out, no I mean, tilt it as early as possible. And, I, and that was like my first or true far for, forays, forays, is that the right word? Into like, okay, what it looks like to, to, to day drink, so we to are, speak. We are some linguists we on are. this program. So, um, you know, never lived on Mifflin, but had plenty of friends that had sure. houses on there. So I just remember it being packed, turning the corner, and just as far as the eye can see, absolutely packed. And, you know, cops during my time, they were actually pretty cool with it. As long as you weren't doing anything super destructive or you weren't belligerent or doing anything, that was, that was always the hard part part was that when someone was doing something just totally unreasonable they had use force. But I remember them being pretty pretty cool. Even walking by and being like, hey, what's up, cops? Um, <laughs> I, I remember my last Mifflin, okay? This kind of emerges Mifflin and draft. My map, my last Mifflin is the weekend after I got drafted. Okay? Oh, really? Yes. Okay, cool. So I'm still kind of grasping this whole idea of like, okay, I'm going to go live in Charlotte now and yeah. go play for the Panthers. I'm an NFL player. So I remember doing it and uh, meeting up with Lexi, meeting up with a bunch of friends, and we go to Mifflin. We're having a great time. We're we're having some nice cold libations. adult beverage libations. Yes. Nice cold libations on a warm day. It was a ton of fun. Um, you know, as the day wound down, we Lexi and I went to Zaz, which is an old like pizza and Italian restaurant, State Street. Super good. We were it just absolutely hit the spot after a long. I day would imagine of, yeah. of, of libations. I think just about anything would. Yes. Go on. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And then across the street, Alex Strofe was a Lids. Really, yes, my former was. employer. Yes, yes, it was a Lids, and we went in there, and we're like, "You think we have a Carolina Panther hat?" So we walk in there, and we're looking, and sure enough, they got one hat. They have one Carolina Panther hat. And Lexi's like, you should get it. You should get it. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And the guy comes over and starts asking us, like, hey, can I help you out with anything? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at this hat. And Lexi's like, he's too modest to say it. Like, he, he, he just, just got, got drafted. drafted. He just yeah. got drafted. And the guy thought it was super, super cool. And, uh, and so I bought the hat, and I wore it. And so, like, that's my draft hat. I still have it. Like, all these, these first-round draft picks, get, right. they get right. hats, right. all that kind of stuff. That, to me, You didn't is get like, one? No. Really? No. They're not going to – they don't ship you but, anything. That you shocks me. They don't give you like a care package or anything. No, I mean when you show up at the facility, sure. there's like, okay, here's a hat for practice, and here's your shorts and jersey and all, and your helmet. But no, you don't get a care package. But they're not anything. like, here's a couple quarter zips, a couple t-shirts. Nope. Shut. I went up. And bought my first Carolina Panther as a player first hat, and so like that, as I consider like all these first round draft picks, they get a draft hat. I had to go buy my draft hat at Lids. That is a shame. Isn't that wild? But thank you for supporting my former employer. Yes, of course. Yeah, pleasure. Uh, yeah, that the, guy, w- the guy was great. I'm I, sure he was. A, he was. A, he was from the from the Alex Strofe line, and they they hire good people uh, there at Lids. But. Unfortunately, before my time, but nonetheless, yes. um, that is but, uh, that is a great story. But yeah, so a little bit like you know, you're feeling good from Mifflin, and Lexi's feeling good too. I'm actually go- pissed off that you had to buy your own first hat. <laughs> yeah, well, made it a little bit more special. 
honestly. Just given that story and being there with Lexi doing that and, uh, and the guy being so like, you just got drafted, unbelievable. Did so. your first paycheck hit at that point? <clears throat> not at that point. You had to go sign your contract. Okay. Which, and you uh, had not done that yet? Not, not done that yet, no. Okay. You had to go sign your contract, and even then it takes some time. How about this? I'm sure it's different now. And everything with, uh, with getting paid from this point on was all direct deposit. But for whatever reason, with the draft picks, yeah. they give you a physical check. Really? Yes. That's the largest check you've ever had in your life, right? Physical check? Yeah. Physical yeah. check. Yeah. Yeah. L- think about Luke Kuechly was the eighth overall pick. I remember they gave it to him, and he's like, I need to go to the bank right now. Yeah, what if you lose it? Apparently, when he went to the bank, they're like, they, like, no way. They're, they're like, he like handed it to them, and the teller's like, I need to see a manager. And they're like, this can't be real. We need to like, do multiple checks on this. And he's like, I, I have no other option. Hold on. Like, I am blown I have a physical check, and it was lots of commas. Yeah, right. Yeah, like even after tax, lots and lots of commas and digits. That is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, but I, but I think going for I mean, when I signed with the Jags, my uh, my signing bonus was direct deposit. But every other thing was direct deposit except for the very but, first. Is that because check. you were already in the league? Because does the NFL cut your checks, or does like the Carolina Panthers or the Jacksonville Jaguars actually cut from your the checks? team? So okay. like it has like the Panther thing on it, and like the CFO sign. Because right, I, I know they have their cap space and everything, but yeah. I don't know where your actual check gets cut if it's yeah. the NFL or not. Okay, I, it might. It just might be a weird thing the way that the. Panthers payroll works with a new employee where like first payment is like they need like a, an initial first payment to sort of blaze the trail before being able to do direct deposit. I don't know, but it was like, do you crazy. still have the check? I don't or think did, I they do. probably didn't let you keep it. I don't huh? think I do. Not That's like I do. wild. Yeah. And That's so for me, story. it was a big check for sure. But like for Luke and for, for the first well, right. round draft picks is like, I need to like put this somewhere super safe. I need a and bodyguard. immediately. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That is a heck of a story. Well, as always, this has been a fun edition of the Great Dane Huddle. Uh, here from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in downtown Madison. Uh, if you missed any of the show tonight, you can find it at WisconsinOnDemand.com, the Wisconsin Demand app, or wherever you get your podcast. Just search Great Dane Huddle. We talked Rogers. We talked Love. We talked all the in-betweens. Uh, we have just over, quick math here, Alex, 20 hours until the deadline for Jordan Love's fifth-year option needs to be picked up. Still no word. Goody has 20 hours remaining to pick up the fifth-year option. Will he do it? We will find out. A big thanks to Hunter Vaughn back in the ESPN Madison studios for making the sound good tonight. A big thanks to Brad Nortman. Enjoy your vacation, sir. Thank you, I'm sir. Alex Struff. This has been the Great Dane Huddle.